Third down and four for Vince Young at the 11. They're two of nine on conversions. Here's the handoff to Chris Johnson. Johnson hurling. Watch out! Johnson! Again! Cuts it back! Touchdown, Tennessee! Welcome back, everyone. This is the Transatlantic Titans podcast, and it's much nicer doing this when we've got a win to talk about, which, it well, it's been a couple of weeks, but it feels feels like it's been longer somehow. Um, I'm Adam, and I'm joined today by Neil Donahoe again. Hello, Neil. Hi, Adam. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Just obviously trying to get this thing off the ground. So any support or any retweets or any mentions, questions, always appreciated iTunes reviews as well. Let's get there. Get in, get into that. All these, yeah, yeah. All these things. Yep. All these things help. Um, yeah. What what Neil said. Thank yeah. <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening and and keep giving us feedback. And if you want to come on, let us know as well. Um, we yeah. We want to get as many people involved as possible. Uh, with that in mind, we've got another debutant this evening, and it's Miles Tarry who's joined us. So hello, Miles. Welcome to the show. Hello, Adam. Thank you for having me. Thank you very oh. much for having me. Pleasure, pleasure. Um, uh, another. There, it turns out there are quite a lot of Titans fans in the UK. Who knew? <laughs> More than we, I expected. Yeah. <laughs> we we didn't know five years ago, did we, Neil? It was like... No, no. Um, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our proud founder of the the Transatlantic Titans, well, Facebook <laughs> group originally. Um, how did you get into the to following the Titans, Miles? Um, yeah, so mine was a bit of a, it was a part of luck. I reckon it was around 2005, 2006, I'd started following hot, the sport. Hot luck, is that good it. or bad luck? We all... Well, how it turned out was I wanted to get into the sport, but I didn't have a team. So I didn't have any family based in America that I could sort of base it around. So what I decided to do was I decided to put all the names in a hat. <laughs> and this was just before the 2008 draft. And I pulled the Titans and went, right, okay, that's my team. Sticking to him. Happened to be the year that we drafted arguably my favourite player I've ever watched in the NFL. CJ Chris- that year, was it? CJ 2K, yeah. exactly. So it wasn't a bad year to get started. Um, performance and results-wise is a bit more questionable. But um, So yeah I, yeah, I didn't have anything to go off apart from I thought I needed a team, I want to get into this sport. And uh, yeah, they were the team I've got and supported them ever since. Um, followed on the sport, I now coach it. So I know coach American oh, okay. football in the UK. So it's it's a it's a big passion of mine. It's a, like tonight, can't wait for the game tonight. I, I watch all Thursday, Monday, Sunday night football. It affects my sleep a lot and <laughs> my ability <laughs> to do stuff the next day. Um, but I nap when I can. So yeah, I, uh, I I thank Chris Johnson for making me stick with it. But then since then, I've uh, yeah followed on and, 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 and I haven't been to Nashville yet. I fell in love with the place, fell in love with the music, the food. I need to go. I yeah, really wanted so, to go yeah. the draft. Really, really wanted to go the draft that just happened financially. just wasn't available for me, but I would have loved to have gone there and just to be a part of all that. But but no, yeah, so that that's my story. It, it, it could have been any team. I'm chuffed it was the Titans. I'm glad it wasn't someone like the Patriots or someone like that. And yeah. You get no pleasure in being a Patriots fan. No, I don't, I don't understand it. So we only won by 30 points this week. All oh, right, okay. 
Yeah, and they'll moan about it. It wasn't the perfect performance. Imagine mm-hmm. being... They're probably hacked off with that Monday night football win against the Jets, aren't they? <laughs> I, can't, I can't relate. <laughs> yeah, t- 2008, that was... Well, it was Lendale White as well. He, we, he was still kicking around then. So, we, yeah, we had the smash and dash. That was a great combo. And VY went down early that year. So we had Kerry Collins and took us to the playoffs. And, well, we were one and done against the Ravens, which yeah. still hurts. And I, I, mm-hmm. I could be thinking of the wrong game. Did we fumble on the goal line? Might have been, uh, might have been CJ fumbling. It could, fumbling have, it could on be the a goal. good follow-up to talk about this. Uh, the yeah. game that just happened. That'd be a nice. <laughs> the uh, the exactly. first time I, I, the first time I attended a London game, um, there were some guys outside Wembley uh, giving away DVDs of games. And as I walked past with my Titans jersey on, oh, I've got a Titans game for you. And they pulled that one out bag. The Ravens playoff <laughs> loss. Oh. I said, "No, you're all right. you're fine, pal. Keep that one." <laughs> My abiding memory of Lendale White is uh, Nick Hawley absolutely loving him, rumbling. Every time that we didn't have red zone then, and every time they went to highlights of Titans touchdowns, Nick Hawley used to get a kick of Lendale White rumbling downfield. <laughs> I, I have this memory of him saying, yeah, it looks like he's had another couple of pizzas this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, that, was a good, that was a really good team. I think... Where we came up short that year was just yeah, not enough, probably not enough weapons at receiver. Mm. Um, yeah, we had de- a great defense and that, that running game, obviously you couldn't, you couldn't fault, but, and the O-line. That, the that D-line were ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Javon Curse, Carl Vandenbosch, Albert Ainsworth, and, um, oh God, I, I think the chain gang, I think they used to call them. Yeah. Yeah. If you remember, I think they actually were, on, were, were actually on front cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, those four, that defensive line, and we had Keith Bullock behind them as well. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was just about to say it was yeah, it was Bullock behind them. Yeah, yeah, Mister Monday Night. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, well, we met we met him in London last year. Keith Bullock, he was an ab- absolute gent. They all were. That was a year ago this weekend. Just gone. It's just gone quick. Yeah, crazy. What a weekend! I'm still I'm still in love with um, mainly Elizabeth. Yeah, she, she doesn't know who I am, but you know. <laughs> Before we move on, Miles, do you want to give your your team a shout out that you're coaching for? Yeah, yeah sure. So, yeah, it's the Chester Romans uh, Academy. I'm at. Um, so, we have under what well, we under 19s. Um, so, it's really good. Actually, this week, as on so what we're on. So, especially on Saturday, it's the uh, Great Britain under 19s uh, trials. So we've got a good okay. few of the lads going down to that. So I'm going to go along and share mine. It's meant to pour it down with rain, but it's football <laughs> no matter what weather, isn't it? <laughs> San Francisco, yeah, so, Washington, yeah. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've been with them a couple of years now. Looking forward to We've got our awards evening in a couple of weeks' time. And yeah, it's good fun and a good bunch. Very good. Yeah, I mentioned the fumbling on the goal line. We can mm. we could be on the other side of that after the Chargers game. <laughs> Well, let's let's start there. I mean, what a what an end. We'll ignore what went quite soon before it for now and <laughs> celebrate a defensive stand that you know Jeffrey Simmons obviously come in and looked incredible. Uh, but yeah, Woodyard and then Case, Casey coming up with the ball at the end. What an end to a game. 
Yeah, but but seeing Casey just running down the running down the field with a ball in his hand because I'd I'd convinced he got it in, and then you just yeah. see Casey just running off with a ball, and I was like, "There's no way that he's managed to do this twice." And there was a way he managed to do it twice. Couldn't believe it. The, the media are going to paint this. It's like when we beat the Browns in week one. It's all about how bad Cleveland were. And the media are saying, oh, the typical Chargers. And that's the whole narrative, isn't it? But <laughs> as that's just the life of being a Titans fan. But yeah, it, it looked like it was a touchdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, then yeah. yeah, Jarrell with a massive grin on his face. Yeah, I think uh, from obviously they spent a lot of time deliberating whether it were a fumble, whether it were a touchdown. And I think there were two or three angles that were really clear that Woodard had actually got his hand on ball. Jeff Simmons had got some push and uh, Casey had had sort of come out of the pile with it. And I'm sat like doing the old NFL UK fan classic silent shouting at TV. (laughs) So everybody's in bed and and I'm like sort of silently shouting. So <laughs> mouthing expletives at the TV, but there's no sound coming out. I thought it was actually clear. <laughs> I thought it was really clear what had happened. Um, from Obviously, in real time, it, it looked like a touchdown uh, all ends up. But I thought when you look at that play from the angle at the back of the end zone, it really is an incredible effort from those three players. It's... I mean, it's sort of, uh, to me, it was doubly good because if you think back, if you go back to the earlier touchdown where the Titans completely sold out for the run and then I've forgotten who they they threw it to in the end zone from there. Eckler. Was it it Eckler? Oh, sorry. No, no, no. The other one. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of the, uh, where would you have lost him? Hunter Um, Henry, maybe? Yeah, it could be. It might have been Williams. Williams, They're they're big receiver, isn't it? I know they... He missed the, uh, the pass. But he had half the end zone to himself, and we just yep. we just gone all in on all in on the run. Yeah. So they must have had, you know, Dean Pease, the the front. Well, it wasn't a front seven on that play. It was a front eleven, really. But we we it must have been in our mind that that was a possibility. And you, I'm kind of surprised that the Chargers didn't do that with one of the plays on the on the goal line. But to to come up with that stop and and that turnover, I just thought was superb considering. Well, uh, we were, I know you were, Neil, we were probably still angry about what had gone before it to even give them that that opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, just talking about um, LA, I was going to say San Diego then, talking about (laughs) LA, um, I think they're kind of, I don't think they're playing as off the cuff as they usually do. I think a lot of them, they're, big games or their big run last year were basically built around Philip Rivers being not shy of throwing into coverage and really trying to freewheel and play off the cuff and I think they are second guessing themselves like I go back to what you were saying Adam about them not trying like another fade maybe on goal like I, I just don't think they've got that like virtuoso kind of offence play calling at, at this moment in time I think they're very similar to us in the sense that they're just trying to get something going and they don't want to take too many risks. And I think that helped us um, get the stop because what, whatever they were doing at the goal line, there were no... It was just a hat on hat, as they say. Uh, we uh, fortunately came out on top. I mean, it, it's 
it was one of those games of two two teams, let's be honest, who were struggling going in. And I thought the, yeah. the Chargers looked terrible the week before against the Steelers, like really bad. Yeah, we were lamenting Mariota in, in Denver and that performance, but I actually thought Rivers against the Steelers was even worse. And he bit, he played okay for the most part on Sunday. And our, our defense, well, we didn't give up that many points. The Chargers were, you know, they were they were getting it to Hunter Henry, um, Keenan Allen. They were they were they were doing okay. Eckler had a good game. Yeah, with well receiving, <laughs> especially, yeah, yeah. and we we bottled up the run for the most part. I don't think Gordon got very much. I don't think Eckler got a huge amount on the ground, but yeah, it just came came down to those those big moments. And if I, I think some have perhaps been a critical is the wrong word about our defense, but maybe suggesting that it it wasn't as strong as it had been in recent weeks. But when it came down to it. You, you've we've held them, held them to twenty points again. Still, the maximum that have been scored against us, and you know, it's 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 done enough. And we've had other side of the ball. Uh, we've we've well, however many minutes in, and we haven't mentioned Brian Tannehill yet, which I'm probably going to get flack for <laughs> <laughs> after being pro Marcus, anti Brable, however however you want to call it, last week, arguably, but you know. Ryan Tannehill's come in and done enough to win a game and played very well. Mm. I think um, before I quickly move away from the defence, there aren't going to be many teams this year that can hold Allen down as a receiver. And I think most of their yards came through Allen and, like you said, Eckler as a receiver. Defensively, like you said, 20 points against a team that's got a lot of weapons is, is not bad. And moving on to Tannehill, he... He'd done enough. He 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 linked up to two receivers really well, Davis and uh, Brown. I'm so impressed with Brown. I don't know if it's just me, but I just it's keep on seeing you. sparks of <laughs> no. him. Yeah, I just keep on seeing sparks of him. Just thinking that this, if we can get them two rolling, and even Johnny Smith, three quite key yeah. um, catches I think he had in the game, and I was one of them. I I never know what I felt about Mariota. I think I loved him ever since we drafted him. And I, there were games like the game he'd done against Kansas. But I think the decision was right to give Tannehill a goal. And in, in fairness to him, he's, he's proven that he deserves a chance and he got the offense rolling, which we haven't seen. The, the part of it that thrilled me the most is what you said about Davis and Brown being mm. in the game so much and, and making catches that were... There were a lot of 50-50 balls that they were they were making the grabs and they've been uh, probably it'd be a bit unfair to say that Brown was, but Davis has probably dropped a few as as others well, have. I know um I think it's Walker's come out and said that um Tannehill puts a lot more zip on the throws. Yeah. As opposed and I think that could have been down to it. When Corey Davis is I don't elite receiver might be the right word. He is a talented player. I think he sometimes he needs he it really where, could. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he needs that ball where it is it zipped to him and then let him, they're both players that once they've got the ball, they can get yards afterwards. I think I said to Adam uh, during the game, the the touchdown that Davis scored, um, where Tannehill zipped it in, into a spot in between two receivers and gave him a chance to make that play. How many mm-hmm. times 
and I'm not. I'm going to seem like I'm. I'm totally flipping switch here. How many mm-hmm. times have we seen? How many times have we seen Mariota float that into back at end zone? That, that kind mm. of play in the red zone. That little floater that never seems to work. Um, yeah. Whereas Tan, whereas Tanhill just stuck it where where Corey Davis wanted it and gave him a chance to compete for a ball. There were there were definitely some throws that Marcus wouldn't have made. Yeah, but that, 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 I'm not. I don't mean that in a critical way. But there, there were one or two that sort of crossing routes where you've got Davis or Brown or whoever it is between a couple of defenders, and you and you're looking at that thing. You, know, you can't. I don't think Marcus could have got them in there because probably because of that zip. You know, he's he's not he's not gonna not gonna have quite enough power to to make those throws. And the, I don't think other than the only thing that Tannehill seemed to miss was. <laughs> the throw that went to um, Ferkser instead, instead of Johnny Smith. Mm-hmm. And, and if you get that kind of luck, you've, you've got to grab it with both hands. I know he denied it, I, I... but there's there's uh, <laughs> there's no way that pass was intended for Johnny Smith. I would have liked to have. Uh, I would have liked to say, if I'm just being slightly critical, because it's obvious that, that Ryan Daniel can throw the ball. Um, he gets it out of his, his hands quickly. And there's a lot of zip and power on that ball. I would have liked to have seen a couple of deep shots, which I don't think we saw in that game. I know those things yeah. will come as he gets more comfortable in the scheme and as his receivers get more comfortable around him. But I would have liked to have just seen as just 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 chances on, just test water with a couple of deep shots, which I'm sure will will be integrated as we go along. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, think... Don't, I think Marcus Marcus can make those kind of throws. So that's not something that Tannehill would bring that Marcus couldn't do. And I, I, for all you, for all the flack that he he gets, I think that throw has always been in his locker. But not not with yeah. power, but the, the 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 long ball with a bit of finesse. Another thing I thought as well. Well, a lot of a lot of analysts, non-Titans fans, were like waxing lyrical about how Tannehill got the ball out of his hands quickly. And that that made me that made me think that that was Mariota's calling card, especially in year one and two, is yeah, is, yeah. is his foot his footwork yeah. and his ability his ability to get rid of that ball quick, one two reads bang, that was calling card, and he has never been the same since that broken leg. And Tannehill's yeah. abil- yeah. ability to get get the ball out quickly just made me realise that just really hammered that on because it was sort of alarming to watch the game. And see a Titans quarterback just throwing without—I'm not saying fear, but just really being confident in his reads and really being able to let the ball go, and I suppose not be scared of turning it over. Yeah, yeah I he he threw one interception, which wasn't his fault. Uh, he was he was hit as he threw. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess you could say protect the ball or whatever. But he, yeah, it's a, the, the speed of getting rid of it. I think the O-line did a better job this week. Um, Luan, I think, was the highest graded Titans player. And he, he looked a bit rusty for the, the first couple of weeks of being back. But he, he looked much better. Saffold, well, we're not really noticing Saffold, which is probably a step up. <laughs> um, so they, they, they were good things. I mean, other big moments in the game early on. We haven't given him enough love probably since we've been doing this podcast. The Colonel, Neil, as you call him, 
<laughs> the goat, uh, who has, I think it's a 112.5 passer rating in the NFL now, Brett Kern. Uh, I, I, I love this sort of thing. Um, yeah. And uh, my, my son, it being a nine o'clock game, he was in bed and he watched the, the game in 40 in the morning. And the thing he was most excited about was a fake punt. <laughs> came came running oh. in. Did you see the fake punt, Daddy? Yeah, yeah. Kevin Byard with the reception as well. It's just just inject that into my veins. There was something about I just I don't know why I, I was sat down. I just saw it happening. I don't know why. I just saw there was there was a twinkle in Byard's eyes or something. They were mm-hmm. lining up for it, and I just thought, you know what? There's something going on here. And uh, it's I mean I, I'm the same trust. I love a fake punt, fake field goal. Whenever it happens, whether win or lose, it, it excites me. Shows a bit of a, a bit of a gambling, which I enjoyed. That some just some teams just don't think the risk is worth the reward but it was a game changer yeah well we got three points from that drive um, yeah. and you you know that's that's three points that you wouldn't you wouldn't otherwise get it's it's one of those situations that i think you they've always got the option to bail out if whatever they see isn't there you know, even after the snap kern can still still punt it away if he if he wants to but oh, as soon as as soon as he pulled his arm back you could see the completion and you could see that the first down was there mm-hmm. absolutely that guy it. brett kern is 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 actually is not a punter it is like an offensive weapon i mean yeah the only reason you could second guess trying the sneak on a fourth and inches is because you know for a hundred percent fact that brett kern would have pinned them on the five yard line and that's the only reason why you're, you're second-guessing that quarterback sneak on the halfway line, because Brett Kern's such a weapon that we could have gave the Chargers 95 yards to look at. Do you know, it's it's something that I don't... Special teams is... It's it's like a Belichick thing. Like he, and, he and That's was, exactly what I was going to say, yeah. Like, he's, he's always, he always wants a left-footed punter because teams aren't used to dealing with... All those little things that... It's so easy to overlook, but what Brett Kern gives us in with that with that punting game, yeah, the reliability of any any punt from sort of the thirty our own thirty yard line down the field, he'll he'll pin them inside the twenty, in, invariably, and the yeah. you you add up all those yards that that gets you over the over the season, you know that 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 contribution can't be can't be sniffed at. And I, uh, I think. I do... Sorry, Neil. Sorry, Adam. I remember a, a couple of years back when when we actually paid Brett Kern and gave him his new <laughs> contract. And mm-hmm. there were a lot, there were a lot of snarkiness over the fact that the the main bit of Titans news in that free agency was that would retain Brett Kern, and is absolutely showing why. It's showing why it's so important, and it's showing why. We have actually paid specialists, kickers, long snappers, punters, mm. that little premium because you need every edge, especially when you're not a, a prolific offense like we are. But it's it's the it's the kickers are people too. Argument, isn't it? I, I still have that Buffalo game drilled in my head. And yeah. Good news, Suck Up is apparently training this week. I don't know how how I don't know how soon he can come back or how soon he will come I, back. I, but... I still know I cheered. I still know when the news came out. I don't know why. Yeah. I, it, it was just uh, you, you don't realise what you have until it's not there. 
And when he got into the start of the season, I was sort of like, well, eh, I'm sure we can get a kicker in that'll do the job, but I've missed him. Yeah, Suckup is one of them guys that he's not got a big leg, but inside 50 is just automatic. And that yeah. type of kick, that type of kicker, the few and far between nowadays, unfortunately. He had that streak mm-hmm. a couple of years back, was it like 40, 50-odd consecutive field goals from inside 50? Yeah, where you've yeah. got that level of reliability. You can yeah, compare that with the Buffalo game. It's just, well, that, that's, that's a win rather than a loss. Exactly, you, you, yeah. you, you mentioned Kern and the difference he makes, same thing. And that, that's, even in our darkest days of the, you know, the Rusty Smiths and the Mettenbergers and the, the other, other people that we've had, you know, we've always had that generally reliability, like um, Al Del Greco. You know, so you might say, okay, towards the end, maybe not, not so much. Rob Baronis, Ryan Suckup. You know, they, they were people that you've got, you, we're in the red zone. You think, well, that, that's three points in the bag if you can't punch it in, you know, every, every mm-hmm. time. And, and not, not being able to rely on that when you've got, you've got other holes you know, kick, kicks you. Where you go, oh, hang on, I'm not used to this. What, we've got a kicker that might miss. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying it's unusual in the NFL, but it's it's, it's something that. For us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you when you lean on your defense as well, when you've got a punter that can put it in to what the five yard line, and then you've got to deal with a front seven that are going to come at you, and the the teams know straight away that mm. we're going to bring people with them. That I'd, I'd be amazed to see how many times we've had it where teams have managed to get that next set of downs following on from a big kick that he's had because and especially now we've got Simmons coming in I'd be amazed to see how much of a difference it makes to the pressure that teams have on that five yard line I think I don't know the stats on this but I I suspect more you probably get more three and outs at that part of the field than you do it's probably psychological but when you get a three and out the opposition's inside their own five and they go three and out you've probably got the ball in their territory from their punt it, yeah, it, you get it. To, you get a field goal range, don't you? Because mm. you, when punters have to kick out their own zone, they're panicking already, and they get it to what halfway, and yeah, that, that, and then that's when you have the if you have a kicker then that you're confident with, that's how you and yeah, then you fall back in your defense again. It's uh, it's great when you've got the personnel to make it work, and hopefully, mm. hopefully we've got that other half of it back in in maybe two or three weeks. Back to May well, what would probably have been the biggest talking point had the result gone the other way? Now I, I'm not angry now. I was probably angry on Sunday. I was certainly angry when it happened. So we're trying to close the game out. A couple of first downs on that final drive. Where the Titans had the ball, and we've got a third and third and eight, third and nine. Little slant to AJ Brown. Looks like he's a Looks like he's a bit short. He was, I think. Fourth and inches on midfield to just over two minutes to go. I mean, I, I, I think going for it's the right call there. And I don't, I didn't mind the sneak. Um, but I, well, firstly, I think he got the first down for what it's worth. Um, mm. But I, I can, I could see that it may not have been overturned with replay. But what have you got to lose, Mike? Throw the challenge flag. A timeout at that point. 
Yeah, it's not looking as if I'm we're particularly going to get the ball back at this stage. Um, if if San Diego would have San Diego again, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> just go with it. That's who they are. Come on. It works. If if LA had done what they're supposed to do, they would have left us virtually no time on the clock anyway. Yeah, no, I, 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 t- I totally agree. And it's, it's, we lose that game. This podcast is an angry rant about, about that, is it not? Miles, what are you, if you're head coach at that point, are you throwing the challenge flag? Are you going for it, first of all? Um, I think, as, as, as Vrabel, I think he made the decision based on early on in the season when he's had calls that were questionable. And I think he almost went, oh, I don't want to risk it. I, personally, I would. Personally, I think you get Derek Henry or someone like that. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have snuck the ball, but I would have tried to get Henry behind Luan, who was having a great game. And like you said, all you need is an inch. I personally would have gone for it. But again, if you don't get it, you, you know your defense is the one that's been getting us in these games. You, you think they'll make a stop if not. That, so, that's, that's fine. And... You could argue oh, there are a couple of biggish plays that took San Diego. Let's go. Let's let's keep calling him that. Took San Diego down there, and yeah, if we, you, it could have easily been a field goal in overtime, which was another thing. It perhaps didn't need to be. But going back, going back to the the ball spot. I mean, no, are you, you, are you throwing the challenge flag? I mean, that, that... I thought I thought I thought it was safe. I thought it was I thought it was all right watching it. Um, but I, I didn't dwell over it because they kept on going. I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought it looked like it might have just gone over. I think it was a first down, but I, I, I think, I suspect in the cold light of day, it maybe wouldn't have been overturned. My, my, what makes me annoyed is it's not the likelihood of it being overturned or not. It's the fact that it, it oh. may have been a first down. You may have, you, there's a chance you're going to win that challenge flag. I just don't, what, what's to lose? Uh, from a timeout in that situation, can you really say that that's your best chance of winning rather than throwing the, the challenge flag and taking your chances that way? I, I don't see it. That's what I, I mean, look, look what we did. Game. Game. Sorry, look what we did. We eventually did with the timeout. We, we took it, which eventually stopped a 10-second runoff, which then would have given us even less time with the ball back in his hands. So the thing he was trying to save the timeout for is obviously if we get the ball back, that's why he's trying to save mm-hmm. that timeout by not challenging. And then he took the timeout to stop a 10-second runoff. It's a horrible so, it's a horrible choice at yeah. that point, though. You, you, you're damned if so you it's, do. It's kind, no, of, it's, it's kind of given LA, San Diego, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> the bolts. <laughs> it's kind of given them 10 seconds back instead of the timeout helping us. Because he took the first, the first play, he took the timeout, and the second, the next one, he didn't. So I think he thought actually, if they keep trying to pound the ball in, there's they're going to lose because they didn't, they didn't have any timeouts left. They couldn't afford to spike it, and and it would have still taken time. So yeah, it's 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 difficult. You you if if they score, you've then got twenty seconds or whatever, and the, the game's probably gone. Let's be honest. Yeah. Regardless of what you do at that point, that that's why I don't. You know, cold cold light of day, it's easier to look at this analytically and 
think about what's what's likely to happen. But I think if if the Chargers get a touchdown there, the chances of us, regardless of timeouts, the chances of us getting down the field, we we'd have needed more than a field goal to even tie. We'd have had to get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's it's done really, you know, bar, barring a Music City miracle or something. So I just the, just to me the best chance of sealing that game, finishing it off, was to throw that flag and take take your chances there. What have you got to lose? A timeout. The same thing that it would have played out in the same way. I know it was the first thing I thought about when that split second where I didn't see Casey have the ball and run down the field. My first thought was why didn't Vrabel, why didn't he challenge? Because like you said, and it was it was further on from what had happened, but it was my first instinct. It was just like you said, what have you got to lose? And I think where a lot of the anger came, especially on social media, and I think probably two or three people that have got access to our account pretty much <laughs> tweeted along the, <laughs> along the lines that they were done with Mike Rabel. And I think where the anger comes from... It wasn't me, by the way. <laughs> <Just saying>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty. Um, where, the ang- <laughs> where the anger comes from is he has shown to have a genuine lack of in-game IQ and he's shown it on so many occasions. And what that's done is it's ramped up the pressure on him mm-hmm. to be squeaky clean when he's making these decisions. So maybe yeah. too too much was made of that in a vacuum, but it weren't just that instance. It's what's been going on pretty much ever since he took control. I mean, the London game against LA again, I loved it that we went for it. It didn't work out, but then to try going back to the well over and over again, handing the ball to Luke Stocker on the goal line on Monday Night Football, things like that have ramped up this scrutiny on Mike Rabel where everybody's mm-hmm. expecting him to to perfectly call a game and perfectly coach a game and perfectly exhibit the IQ that a head coach, let's, let's face it, a head coach should have that ability. And we know not everybody has. I mean, Andy Reid's had trouble with time management to end the games. And I, I think he's one of the best coaches in, in the NFL. But I think it's not that incident in a vacuum that made people react like they did. I've, I've kind of changed my mind on it because last year, so we had the, the Eagles game, which sticks out as a, as a being ballsy when it worked game, where we're, we're down by three in overtime. And we, there was a point where we could have kicked a field goal. I think on fourth down, I forget, I forget how far out, out it was. Could have kicked a field goal to keep the game going. But we, we go for it and get the win. I think there were a couple of fourth down conversions. And that, that drive, you just, you're pumped. Yeah, this is Vrabel. This is who it is. After that, we had the Chargers call. And actually, yeah, I was, I was fine with going for two. I thought the play call was horrible. And that was, that was the fleur. Um, mm-hmm. same, same thing in the... The Texans game that you mentioned with uh, Stocker, was it Stocker? Was it whoever it was? Yeah, Luke Stocker lined up at fullback. Who gets given the ball on fourth down? Same thing there. I think it was the the right move to go for it again at that point in that game, but the wrong play call. So again, I, I assume that was Lafleur. So l- last year, I'm looking at it thinking, yeah, Brable's. I'm, I'm kind of fine with some of the ballsy calls, and it, it felt that he got the sense of when the right time to make them was another another one that sticks out as a fake punt against Houston early in the season and um, there where 
Bayard, who, by the way, has a better QB rating than Brett Kern. He's, a, he's got perfect QB rating. Uh, the best the best on our roster but those things all sort of felt like the right things to do at those moments in in those games you know in a in some cases where we're playing with Blaine Gabbert and you know you're going to get limited opportunities this season though I think it's flipped a bit I don't I don't think those calls are, are right and this isn't this isn't been on Arthur Smith particularly I don't I don't think I've seen many where I've gone oh we've, we've gone for it there and picked the wrong play I think we're we're not going for it at the right times this season, which is more worrying to me. Yeah, I, th- I think something's been said, or the, like you said, it, it's it's a completely different from how it's been, and I'm I'm wondering if something's been said somewhere because some of the calls, you, I I don't know if it's down to being like ballsy or like if you're worried about bottling it, but. To me, he's he's lost that edge where you just think, yeah, he's just going to go for it, let's do it. It's like he's almost not making the calls anymore. I don't know if it's just what I'm getting from what I'm seeing on the sideline, but there just seems to be like there's something in his ear telling him not to do what he wants to or vice versa. I think um, Frabel is, is, is obviously, it's only his second year as a head coach, and I think he's mm. trying to cultivate the um, the culture where he kind of backs his guys in big situations and he's, he's ballsy as like a riverboat gambler like Ron Rivera type and I think I think at this stage if you're asked a cross-section of people that follow the sport or that have a, uh, an interest in the NFL what type of coach Mike Vrabel is I don't think many of, many of them would say ballsy if you understand what I mean I think a lot would say reckless yeah yeah yeah, Tra- tragically, most will say always one that gets his pads on, which drives me insane. Um, <laughs> oh, we've had this conversation before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it, it. It does. It does worry me that that's the, that's the reputation of of, of our uh, head coach. Yeah, he was doing it again this week with Derek Henry, wasn't yeah. he, Neil? I'm sure you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah, much to my chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's move away from from last week um a couple of a couple of well nothing more than ridiculous rumors that i've seen on twitter and the mariota tanil situation is going to generate this stuff now questionable sources and i'm pretty sure there's nothing in this but i've seen a couple of tom brady to the titans um suggestions out there and i'm sure i can't believe for a second and the, the comparison was a uh, was Joe Montana going to the Chiefs at the end, end of his career. Uh, I don't think Joe Montana was as old as Brady is now. But the whole like New England B or the, the thing that's thrown at us with with Brabel and um, some other players that have followed him, there's there's nothing in this, is there? Surely not. I mean, no. I, I think the, we're talking about a guy who has nothing else to achieve. Even though he's, he's obsessed with winning and he's driven and like probably nobody else you've ever seen, he's like Michael Jordan-esque levels of competitiveness and driven. Surely that kind of guy also has an ego and we're a really small market team, essentially. I mean, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't compute. It's like, if ever I see Tom Brady going somewhere else, it's going to be on. It's going to be one of these teams that's on Monday Night Football seven times a year, or uh, 
<laughs> well, I think if Brady came to the Titans, we probably would be. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I, I mean, personally, I, I don't see it either. I mean, I was watching uh, this morning on the FL Network. They were talking about there, there, there's been this lingering number that 45 is when he might stop. And um, personally, I think, and I've heard, that his next stage is he wants to get involved in some form of media, but not so much, you know, like what Witten and Romo have done, but in terms of like being a producer, being a director. And I just think aerial wise, it's, I can see him staying in the Patriots. I mean, he'll, they'll probably, they could potentially go unbeaten this year and he'll be like, oh, well, I've, I've got another Super Bowl and yada, yada, do it again next year. I just don't, I don't see him leaving the Patriots. I don't see him playing for another team. It's one of those things, the only possible reason I could see anything in it and I agree with you both well both of you that it probably wouldn't be at the Titans it would be somewhere else is it's like the the Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari rumors that are going around and it's it's almost like he the one thing that you could throw at him is he's he's done it at the best team and it's this idea that you've to really prove that you're the greatest player of all time you've got to go somewhere else and do it um I don't buy it <laughs> no I don't. I'm not he, sure I buy he, it he helped build that team. He helped yeah, build that and team. That, he's, he's a big part of what's made them. Yeah, there's yeah. Belichick as well. And obviously they've had, well, right, right now, a worryingly good defence. In, uh, in my time watching the sport, that I can, obviously, I, or a, a bit of a fan in the 80s, but obviously too young to remember really what we're going off. But in my time watching the sport, there's only probably been two or three seasons where Brady hasn't been dominant. Um and I remember it the, those two or three seasons, Patriots being middling slash laughing stock, you know. And I understand and like the gear he did his ACL. But... <laughs> yeah, it's mm. probably never. I mean, the one eleven games with Matt Castle, yeah. uh, which was <laughs> unbelievable to be fair. But I, I remember um, Drew Bledsoe back end of his career. The Patriots were, weren't something to be feared, and they they haven't exactly. I don't want to turn this into a Patriots podcast, which is a feel what I'm doing. <laughs> they aren't exactly... Um, everybody's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, they haven't exactly... I wouldn't say they've not spent in free agency, but I think they've, they've built more than bought, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're, I think we're all in agreement that's utter nonsense. <laughs> the, other, yeah. the, other little, the other little talking point that... I think there's a, well, there's more in it, and that wouldn't be hard. Is is there any mileage in trading Marcus Mariota? As there could be one or two teams out there that could use him right now. I, I can, think his cap number's too high. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. No, God, I I agree with you. I think I can see him being that second string quarterback, the backup to cover someone, someone like I I don't know who's backing up Rogers at the moment. I know at one point it was Kaiser. But I can see him as that sort of, and maybe link back with Lafleur. I don't know how well he would feel about that. But I, I can see him as a second choice. I can't see him going anywhere and being a starter. But I can, and I think he has value. But it's down to that cap. I mean, this, this, this would have this to be clear would have to be before the trade deadline, which is next week. I'm talking yeah. about. I'm not talking about the end of. Obviously, his contract will be <laughs> up. It's like a Chicago Bears or somewhere like that where they've. Let's mm. yeah, where they they could they could improve at quarterback. Um, They've know. given up on Trubisky already, as they should, arguably. Yeah. 
I mean, if I, if I were a GM personally, um, and I will I will look into acquire Marcus. I don't I don't think I'd be doing it next week. Um, for one, I don't want to squeeze that twenty point three million or whatever it is under my cap. And mm-hmm. two, I, I think there'll be a market out there, but I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be unobtainable if you really want him. And I think another thing people forget as well is only twenty five. He could sit behind Aaron Rodgers for two years. He could sit behind Tom Brady for two years. Come yep. back as a starter and still only be 27, 28, which I think is ridiculous, really, when you think about it. That's worse. I don't know what it was about Green Bay, but I, there's, there's something about it that, to me, fits. And you're right. I mean, I don't know how long Rodgers will go for, but, you know, he's had the odd injury here and there, and he'll have a, a coach that he's worked under, and I can see that working. But again, it, it's his value, isn't it? I can't... Percy, do I see him getting traded in the next week? Probably not. But I think because there are a couple of other quarterbacks out there that might be not so much better options, but, I mean, Breeze is coming back soon. People are going to be looking at people like Bridgewater, and there, there are other quarterbacks out there, I think. Yes, the, the Panthers and the Jags have had similar situations where they'll be yeah. maybe shopping Nick Foles. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, no, I, I do agree. I'm just uh, it's just throwing it out there, really. I, I also don't think, while you might be able to get a small amount for him at this point, I think we we might need him. You know, as good as Tannehill's looked in a very small sample size, he himself could get injured. Uh, I don't I don't want to be picking up a a Brandon Whedon again to to back up Ryan Tannehill. That, that's we can't be giving up. That's giving up on the season to me. Um, you I make that that kind vote. of move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With uh, Kevin Byer to back him up. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Next just up, to, just the... to throw another one out. Sorry, Adam. Just to throw another name out there. They're, they're um, speculating on uh, our favorite podcast around the NFL um, about Philip Rivers. Um, uh, he's a free agent I, I heard this thing. season. Yeah, yeah. and um, he's looking Has to go he back got, south. He, he's got family in Nashville. I remember this coming up. Yeah, yeah. it's very, it's very strong, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, he's a free agent at the end of this season. There's been no discussions, as far as I'm aware, or no smoke uh, regarding an extension. I wonder if that's a name that... Comes, I mean, it obviously a lot depends on Tannehill, but I wonder if that's a name that's more realistic than Brady. Well, I think most names are probably more yeah. realistic than Brady. I don't, I don't be necessarily against that. I'm not sure what the strategy would be. That's You then... We're probably not keeping Tannehill either. Marcus moves on. Presumably, we're not keeping Tannehill either. If that's what happens, and we're drafting somebody to maybe sit behind a Rivers, I think it could could work. I guess he's not a bad uh, QB to be under. I guess for a year, so and you'll you'll get more deep balls from him. You'll definitely get more of them because he's. Uh, but I, I'd I'd heard that too. I heard Rivers, and it did make me think. You know. I can almost see it, but then at the same time, I couldn't see the Chargers wanting to let go. He he was linked with us around the time we drafted Mariota. I think I'm sure I can't remember the time of when it was. And yeah, the reaction is no, we're all right. We've got Mettenberger. He's so he's the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I think Rivers. I think Rivers as well is is the type of guy that if you if you give Philip Rivers. Uh, hypothetically a two-year contract and then you go and draft a guy in round one I don't think that'll work kind of similar to Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph he really really did not like that they drafted a quarterback that high 
And I think Philip Rivers is that type of character as well. I think if you're committing mm. to Philip Rivers, you'd have to bring a, a true developmental quarterback in, not somebody who was wanting to see the field in the space of a year. Uh, just, I, th- I think chemistry would be off there. And that's the that's the case. You're taking a punt on somebody anyway, aren't you? And you can you can mm-hmm. go again in two years if you need to. Yeah. Okay. Right. Bucks coming up. Um, Greg and Harry aren't here, as you may have noticed. They are in Nashville and hopefully recording something for us at some point. Although that's that's gone quiet. <laughs> I think they're just in the Jack Daniels Distillery and places like that. I was just about to say it's where I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> and who can blame them? So they'll they'll be out there for the Bucks game as well, and Greg and Yessi and, but yeah, having having a lot of fun, and why not? What do we think about the Bucks? Is this a chance for us to go four and four? Uh, I think there's a chance for a multi-interception game, <laughs> depending <laughs> on the uh, James Winston will start. Um, I think I don't think we've got anything to fear. I think. Um, Tampa are one of those teams that can score points in bunches. So if they get on a roll, um, they can be quite dangerous. But I think as long as the defence holds up, I think they're definitely beatable. And I wouldn't say that that the defence were any scarier than San Diego's. San Diego's, again. (laughs) 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 They were without Melvin Ingram. I don't think... Tampa have got like a premier pass rusher so I think there's a chance for offensive line to play well again I quite I quite like this matchup for us mm. um, it's anything can happen with Tampa Bay as, as, as we know uh, we saw how how well Winston played or didn't in London a couple of weeks back and um, I think it more than likely we're going to get the odd turnover multiple turnovers maybe uh, but it equally it wouldn't shock me if we if we could see more than twenty points for the first time this year. Um, I I could go as I could see a sort of thirty twenty four Titans win. There you go. There's my there's my score prediction. Yeah, I think um, I think you you know what you I, I was so you know what you're getting with Winston. You know you're getting turnovers, but you don't know how many touchdowns he's thrown that follow the turnovers. You never know which one's going to outweigh the other. And, He's coming off a bye yards, week. Seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you know you're going to get your chance with him. The one thing that did worry about me is I think I'm right in saying that it's, I think it's only the Saints that have got a better run defense than Tampa. So it is very much going to be, a, I'm sure, because yeah. I know even McCaffrey in London didn't really do much on the ground. So it's very much going to be a Tannehill game as opposed to seeing what Henry can get involved in. But I think it 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 will f- almost come down to yeah our defense force and I I'm so excited about Simmons. Yeah, and we haven't I'm mentioned just, that enough actually. It's... No, when when I when you know when you saw him and he just holds his arm out and you just see the size of his bicep and you just think that's a proper player that is. He he just and he well, he could yeah terrorize Winston. I hope he hasn't rushed been rushed back or rushed into the into it too yeah. quickly that's my only worry there that he looked absolutely awesome and he only played what uh, half the snaps but he just yeah, seemed it was a constant nuisance and we haven't had so, that uh, of late no it's no, that type think, of player yeah sorry my eyes go I was just going to say it, it's good for now we've see what happens with Wake obviously he's he's coming to the end of his career but now Casey's got another guy in the middle with him that is equally as 
destructive as it were, I think we could see a lot more from Casey because people are going to be targeting Simmons. Yeah, just we talked on um, the first full podcast we did about our defense just needing an X Factor player and a player where we go from a solid defense, a top five defense, to an elite defense, a player that can live in somebody else's backfield, and a player that mm-hmm. can draw double teams and allow um, likes of Harold Landry, Rashan Evans to rush the passer. Um, and I, I think well, based off one game. I mean, I don't want to get too excited, but based off one game, it looked like we got exactly that. Yeah. It's, I don't think Bucks Titans, it's not not a lot of people's game of the week, but I don't think it's going to be dull. Even if, even if you hate <laughs> defensive football, and this is, this is going to be worth watching. What are your, both of you, what are your score predictions? Well, I never go back and, other than you know, saying 69 zip, um, we never go back and check whether we're right. So don't worry about it. Come out with anything. I'll go for 23-14 Titans, which will include a safety force by Simmons. Nice. <laughs> Good level of detail. I like that. Yeah. I'm going for, we usually throw a couple of these in a season. We've already, we've already had one in Cleveland where everything sort of clicks and we just beat somebody down. I'm going for one of them games. Nice. I'm not giving a score I'm not going I'm not giving a score prediction, but I think we can confuse Tampa. We can really disrupt Jameis Winston and make him turn the ball over as well as Carolina did, who are like also becoming an elite defence again. Um mm. I, I think we've got we've got the tools to really upset Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians floor there. Um and hopefully his offense takes another step from last week. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the logic behind me saying a bit of a higher scoring, 30-24, maybe even more. But the, our defense helping helping us to some of those points, maybe even directly. Sim, safety from Simmons, I like that. So, four and four, we're going to be next week. Nailed on. There you go. We're never going to predict the Titans to lose against anybody. So, that's, <laughs> that's where we're at. Okay, uh, let's finish off with some non-Titans related business. Um, I'm guessing you're, you haven't been back to the garage. In fact, I've taken my car to the garage this week. I'll start, I'll start with that. Let's, uh, um, I, I thought I had a puncture. Well, I thought, well, initially I've got stone in the tread. I saw um, the other morning, tried to flick it out, realised it's a screw deeply embedded Oh, great. The tyre hadn't gone flat, so I drove it to the nearest Formula One, which I don't know if you have Formula Ones in your part of the part of the world, either of you. But thinking, oh, well, that's going to be a new tyre. Oh, they won't have the they won't have the cheapest model, will they? They'll have uh, the most expensive tyre only in stock. Thinking, OK, here we go. The chap came in, so we can't. It's, it's the wrong part of the tyre to repair it. OK bracing myself so i'll tell you what i'm going to try and remove the screw there's a small chance that you might get away with it i thought okay expecting to be screwed he comes back in with the screw and a big grin on his face you know what it was good. It had gone in sideways it had this minimal damage you haven't got a puncture. you can drive away so okay brilliant what's what's the bill <laughs> oh no charge no, brilliant well, well even even for your time no, no, don't worry about it um we're here if you need us 
and yeah, Formula One in Hartford. Um, shout out to you where you expect to be absolutely <laughs> screwed over and you go away without spending a penny and feeling good about humanity. You know, they could, once yep. the car's on the rack, they could do anything, can't they? These players. <laughs> <laughs> you, you fear the worst and you expect to, you're trusting people that you don't really trust because you have to. And, and actually, humanity came through. There you go. Um, I've got a slight car related story. I've actually got a couple of things. First one, car-related. I started work at six um, Monday morning or Tuesday morning, one or two. And um, I've got my lights on the Clio on auto. So when I got to work, it was still dark. I shut the door. Obviously, lights stayed on until it got light. I left my lights on. Rookie error, even though I'm not a rookie. (laughs) 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 Um, They don't switch themselves off when you turn the engine off then. Uh, they should, they should, well, they're auto, so while ever it were dark, they were going to stay on, and they must have stayed on long enough to flatten battery. So yeah. I, I was sat in car park at work. Luckily, my sister was on her way home from work. She came and jump-started me, so that Cleo's cursed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another, embarrassing, another embarrassing story. Uh, jogged my memory while we were talking. I once paid nearly £50 pounds for a Zach Mettenberger rookie car. Because <laughs> I was convinced, I was convinced that it were going to be a a quarterback of the future. I, I thought it were an inve- I thought it were an investment. It's probably worth about three quid now. <laughs> Hang, on Hang on to it. You never know. The XFL, he could pop out, couldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, last, just last thing, which was a grind McGears thing. It's this this tweet I saw yesterday on my own timeline not the transatlantic timeline. And it's about the Joker film, the new Joker film that's at cinema now. And this tweet's like kind of gone viral. It's got 14,000 retweets and 60,000 likes. And somebody's typed. It's it's like a video of the Joker dancing down some stairs. And this guy, I'll not name it, I'll not name account in interest of fairness, but I think it's <laughs> most cringe, I think it's most cringe tweet ever in history. I couldn't read it without cringing, if I'm honest. And it says, the dance of freedom, the death bells, the rising of the Joker, one of the most magnificent, sublime, monumental, extraordinary scenes in cinema history. It's just a guy dancing down some stairs, dressed as a Joker. <laughs> Have they seen the film? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I could think of probably a hundred films off top of my head with monumental, sublime, and iconic moments. This definitely isn't one, but yet sixty thousand people agreed. <laughs> you probably sooner see Bishop Sankey dancing down the. <laughs> I, it's just I'd love to see him do something. Just... <laughs> it blows my mind. I'm not one of these people that thinks that something that's contemporary or new can't be a classic because if something's good, it's good. But this just struck me as being way, way over the top. I mean, Godfather, Jurassic Park, <laughs> Alien, just a film after film after film after film, and it's it's just when you go on my timeline, I've retweeted it, and I just it just didn't tickle me. It just made me like <laughs> people who either got too much time on their hands, or they're probably smoking something they shouldn't have been when they're doing this tweet. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that's there. that's me for this week. Miles, here's your chance. 
Um, Whatever it is um, that's been eating at you your whole life, this is your moment. Well, my, mine's quite recent. I, I don't know how it affects others. And I'd love to hear other people in the comments, obviously, leave a review and like, and obviously let us know what you think. But mine's been, does superstition affect you going to sporting events or doing particular things? So what's happened with me is, um, I support Oxford United, we're in League One, doing quite well. And about a month and a half ago, um, we weren't doing so well. So I decided to watch Sky Sports News and listen to Talk Sport at the same time, just for something different. And ever since, when that, we won three now, so I went, great. You know what I'm going to do next week? I'm going to do the exact same thing. Now, since that game, that's what I've done. We've gone unbeaten. It's now got me to the point where I don't want to go to a football match and watch a game. <laughs> Like we're playing Rochdale this Saturday, and I'm there like, no, I'm probably going to be at home watching Sky Sports News with Talk Sport on on my on my radio because we haven't lost. <laughs> and I was wondering, <laughs> has superstition stopped people from? Like, I love going to the football and watching it, but now I'm at the point where, well, I'll be the reason we lose if I go, and I don't stay at home and do this. So I don't know if others have had, yeah, superstitious things that have prevented them from, yeah, going to games or doing things. <laughs> Get get in touch, especially if it's Titans related. Let us know about oh, that. Man, That's, man used to that. be jerseys. I, I spent a fortune on, oh, well, we lost in this jersey, so now I can't wear it. <laughs> I swapped TVs when I watched Leeds. Um, <laughs> well, because you throwing the first one out of the window. Uh, no, if, if we win a game, <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it in that room, regardless. Okay. Regardless mm. if kids are, kids are watching TV or whatever, it's right, kids. Make yourself scarce. I'm having this TV. And then if we lose, I'll, I'll go in dining room then. And I'll, do, I'll switch <laughs> it up that way. Um, the thing, the thing like, is, though, if, if it, at some point you do, you do something like that. So, Miles, you're watching Sky Sports News and listening to Talk Sport. Assuming mm-hmm. that Oxford United don't win the rest of the games in your entire life. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. in theory... By your logic, that's what's going to happen, or you wouldn't be doing it. There'll come a point oh, yeah. where the run ends. Oh, well, I can't wait for it to end to a point because the talk sport's about a minute behind, so it's coming up on Sky Sports, and then I'll go, Something's happened in this game. It's like, I know I'm watching it, but can't I you still pause one and try and sync it. Does that work? I, it probably works, but it's tampering with it then, and I don't know if it'll <laughs> affect it. <laughs> I do that so with. No, uh, I do that with Red Zone when I'm watching a Titans game. If I've got a Titans game on Game Pass and I've got Red Zone on TV or vice versa, I'll pause whichever one's behind and just let them catch up. Only The only drawback then is when you go on the Transatlantic account and the ta- timeline is obviously just full of real-time Titans updates. So yep. you, you, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, really. Yeah, I have the same with Red Zone when it comes to uh, my fantasy app where my fantasy app will update and suddenly I've got like points from someone I said, how's this happened? And then like 10 seconds later, Red Zone will go, and we have action from this game. It's like they're just not <laughs> linked up enough. <laughs> the, the worst was last week because we, Greg was at, Greg and Harry were at the game and in a WhatsApp group with them. And like, you can't get more real time than that. So mm. I, when, we, when in between breaks, I actually just turned my phone over and you can hear yeah, it. Yeah, I did. Like, this is this is just silly. I can't. It's it's just going to spoil it. And but there are moments like you want to communicate. Oh, what what are the officials seeing? What are the replays showing? And they yeah, you want to tell them. And it, it's just like too. I think it, after too... the first fumble, my phone was across the room somewhere. 
because I thought, <laughs> oh, they've scored. <laughs> so then it was, a, but then it played on. I was like, I'm leaving it over there. <laughs> Very good. Um, right, let's let's wrap things up. And thanks for thanks for coming on, Mars. Good to have you on. No, and well, I will have you have you again very soon. Uh, thanks, Neil. Thanks, Grower Brian, who couldn't make it. Um, he'll be he'll be back on at some point very soon. Greg and Harry will be back. Hope they're having a good time in in Nashville. And yeah, get get in touch at Transatlantic TN. What's what's your Twitter, Miles? You wanna... uh, I think I'm just Miles underscore Terry. Last time I checked, um, I often do tweet to the. Uh, Twitter page. I think I might have tweeted a couple of things about Vrabel during the game, so I'm sure you can find me on there. <laughs> Excellent. We'll hopefully get Simon Simon Aston. I've, I'm now suddenly yeah. paranoid. I've got his name wrong. Yes, yeah. Hopefully get him on soon. He he's a uh, well. I think wants to defend Vrabel, and he's uh, he's less pro Mariota and more pro Tannehill. Um, we're we're pro everybody. Um, so mm-hmm. most of the time, sometimes. You know, our opinions pro, may change. Pro <laughs> Titans, pro, pro Titans. Titans, exactly, and and yeah, we'll hope for. Hopefully, we'll get uh, another performance from from Tannehill and everyone else this week. So yeah, tighten up. We'll be we'll be back next week. Bye for now.